0: Is strictly John Key. Strictly John Key on City Talk 105.9.
1: Hello, I'm John Keith and welcome to another edition of Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9. Now, football's been revolutionised since the days not all that long ago, when managers were rarely seen and heard even less. They were the guiding hands behind the scenes. Now the role of manager in top-level football has been swept up in the cult of celebrity and big business. They're in the headlines as often as the rich stars who play for them. And I'm delighted to introduce from the University of Liverpool, a woman who's responsible for the Country's First Football Management Qualification. Her students including Premier League and Football League managers Mark Hughes, Chris Hooten, Malky Mackay, Sean Dyche and Billy Davis and also players who played locally on Merseyside like Peter Reed, Dave Watson, Lee Carsley and Alan Irvine. It's a warm welcome to Dr Sue Bridgewater. Sue, thank you for coming on you're and welcome. sparing the time. Oh, no, you're welcome. Well... It seems uh, it seems a fascinating uh, thing that you're doing. You you actually run the football industry's MBA at the University of Liverpool. That's right. Uh,
0: no, like, I don't run it, but I work on it. Sorry, you
1: work on it. Yeah. yeah. But um, you. But I say in the intro, you created this first qualification for managers, and that was done with the uh, presumably the guidance of the Players' Union, the PFA, and the League Managers Association.
0: That's right. Yes, we were. Um... Way back in 2001, I was working at Warwick University at the time. We were asked to um, come along and talk about a management qualification for football managers, yeah. uh, which was going to sit alongside their top coaching badge, which is the pro licence. Because the thing was that yeah. you've got to get, so much into some of these courses. Uh, they were getting like half a day of finance. Now, obviously, if you've spent your entire playing career and you're going to be put in charge of a multi-million pound budget, yes. and hired and fired on the basis of how well you manage it, uh, you might need a little bit more training than that. So the idea was that this was like more management for football managers, yeah. particularly aimed at you know people who were coming to the end of their playing careers, younger managers, because there's such an attrition rate. You know, the models of how you get into it have changed. You're not so much apprentice to the master now no. and learning your trade. You're fired straight in there and you can be out again within six months. Yes, exactly. So it was really to try and help that and, and, and you know, help them to get a chance to learn.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it is a very high-wire, high-risk profession, isn't it? Football management, per se, you know. It's...
0: Yeah, and, and becoming more so. I mean, if you look at the... I do the league manager's um, football statistics as well. right. Higher and fire statistics, it's one of those things like painting the fourth bridge because you never end. You know, they get fired before you've yes. finished the numbers. Yes. But um looking at that, that the, the average time that a manager's in post now is something like um, 1.4 years or something before they get sacked. Wow. But half, 50%, 49.1% actually, yes. percent of the first-time managers never get another manager's job.
1: Wow, that's, one that's an That's scary, isn't, isn't it? it? So, yeah.
0: So you just look at it and you think, all oh, that talent... Now, if, if you or I had gone into our first ever job, and we might, there might be things that didn't go 100% to plan. But if we didn't just get feedback and learn and improve and, and climb our way on up yeah. the up the ladder. Yeah. But some of those guys, you know, it's a results business. It might be luck. It could be a, a bad penalty. You know, Any kinds mm. of things can oh, happen to them in that space yes. of time. Mm. They might just be in a, a bad run or and they're inheriting the last guy's players. Yes. In that time scale, it's not even building your own thing.
1: Now, you hit on something there. I mean, I immediately then think of David Moyes and Manchester United, you know, inheriting Alex Ferguson's players. Whether that is a factor, I mean, I'm talking before the Olympiacus game, which may, may make things worse for Moyes or better, but generally, as the season's gone as we speak, he has inherited another manager's team, hasn't he?
0: And Yeah, I mean, if you look, I mean, part of what we do is, is leadership and part of what I do outside of that course is leadership research, particularly in sport, football and cricket. Mm. And if you look at the football managers, it is interesting because obviously not all the challenges are the same. So if you come in, you're trying to turn around a club that maybe has been relegated or it's that's one task, that's like turning it around, but you could also be trying to just spice it up a bit and get it into the playoffs. If you come in to follow... Alex Ferguson, who's been there for such a long time, who's got it working exactly the way he wants, who has a particular relationship and style with the players. It's obviously completely different. And it's not just Moyes. It would have been the same if you were following, you know, Bobby Robson, who'd been Mm -hmm. there a long time um, as a manager. Or or it's the same outside of football when Steve Jobs, unfortunately, no longer with us. Apple hasn't performed the same way after Steve Jobs. They are inheriting and trying to put their mark on it. But... Having also to try and, you know, there'll be things that worked differently at Everton for David Moyes to the way things work at Manchester United. There's bound to be some kind of transition. Yes, yeah. And you you think that, you know, the pressure ramps as soon as he had a few results that didn't quite go the way he wanted. Then everybody, the press and everybody is on his case. Whether it becomes self-perpetuating. That's, Confidence-wise, yeah. with players and so
1: on—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a fascinating subject, and uh, I suppose these are the factors you have to try to incorporate into uh, into your course, are they? Yeah, well, that's—I yeah. like
0: always say that I will never know what it's like to be a football manager because I think you can't fully know unless you've been there on the touchline, you know, you've, mm. you've you've prepared all week, they've gone out and you get somebody sent off in the first how many minutes and your plan goes out the window. So, you know, you can't fully know what it's like to be there with the cameras trained on you and so on. But I probably have as good a view, I have a very privileged view, I think, Indeed. because I work with a lot of them and I talk to them and I, I see it from their side and I try, I'm a bit obsessive, so I try to sort of understand <laughs> as many different bits of it as I can to think... Yeah. What can you possibly do that would help? You know, what could you train or help? Is there something new? Is there something else we should be doing? Has it changed since last mm. we did it? Mm. So that's that's my role.
1: Yeah, well, it it is um, it is fascinating. Now, I think I'm right in saying you arrived in Liverpool last October. Is that yes, right? Yes, I
0: joined Liverpool in October. Yeah, did you
1: just tell us the the uh, the, the pre history of uh, Doctor Sue. Okay, so.
0: Um, I originally worked for Unilever. I was a marketer. Um, I did languages, uh, right. French and German, Right. Um, and I was working quite a lot internationally. And I came into Warwick as the international marketer, really because you know, kids' flexibility, um, and so I spent probably my first ten years, you know, getting the things you needed to be an academic PhDs. I was the emerging markets woman. I worked a lot for the EU, fully enough in Ukraine, so a bit topical did at you the moment. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was always a football fan, but I didn't really do anything in sport, in football, until 2001 we were asked to go along and talk about this course. Yes. And um, obviously, you know, I've jumped at the chance to go and talk about football, because I'm a Sunderland fan, I've always wanted to talk about football. We were going to talk
1: about that Um, later, weren't we, yes?
0: And... um, (laughs) I'm not sure that we even really, because Warwick weren't really doing much in sport or football at all, Mm. whether we even really expected to, to be awarded the course, but we were... And um, we had three months to go on and research and talk to managers and work out what should be in this course.
1: And, and sorry, just to recap, who had given the course to Warwick? The... It
0: was, um, we were called down to, it was the FA, Soho Square at the time. Yeah. Um, the FA, the PFA and the LMA together the made the decision. Mm. So that's the, the players' union, because some of them are still playing at that yeah. point and they very kindly funded the course um the league managers who are the managers union and the fa who obviously oversee a lot of education and, and were involved yeah so um i ran it there for oh, 10 11 years mm. and you know in some ways i stayed because of my course because it became my absolute passion because i got drawn more and more into yeah. researching in sport and football um but I was very much sort of, you know, lone wolf yeah. <laughs> doing my own thing there. Yeah. And actually it was always tempting to look at places like Liverpool who were doing much more in sport and football and yeah. saying, I could have a set of colleagues. Because Ro- Rogan Taylor was here, wasn't Roan's he? still there. They're so still I'm, there. I'm actually sharing an office with Rogan right. right. okay at well, yes, he's and been Brian on the show. So we, And Brian Barwick. And Brian Barwick, yes. So, so, you know, for me, <clears throat> it's a dream to actually go somewhere where there's other people who share my passion. <clears throat> we're working together, not just on the football side of football, my manager's stuff, yeah. but also commercially with our MBAs, going into, you know, doing stuff for, for a lot of the Premier League clubs round and yeah, about.
1: Yeah.
0: Um so it it's a good match I think yeah. and I'm in the process of moving my managers course across starting in June.
1: To Liverpool.
0: To Liverpool and we've taken the opportunity with the league managers um to add a few things, refresh, you know, get, gave us the chance to look at it and think, okay, shall we include more because obviously it's 10 years on and I think when we started off we had a whole lot of people saying can you train a manager will they take it seriously
1: yes well I was going to ask you that very point Sue I would imagine I mean I might be wrong but I would imagine if you said 10 years ago maybe even to some people today there is a course for managers you would get a bit of resistance and a bit of sarcasm or cynicism about it now did you ever encounter that
0: Yes, we did. And mm. it was funny where the, the the resistance came from and the sarcasm. We got quite a lot of sarcasm from the media, as you can yeah. imagine. You well, know. I'm
1: sure you would um, have done, Particularly
0: yeah. at that point, you know, and, and a lot of it was, was totally ill-founded. There, you know, a lot of, you know, are managers are stupid, they can't be doing sort of courses type comments, which mm. are, you know, they've been really keen. And there's people who've turned up who, who've got PhDs, master's, degrees. Obviously there are others because they went into football early Mm. where they haven't got a lot in the way of formal qualifications but that doesn't mean a lot, does it? It doesn't, it doesn't say anything about your intelligence level. No. The people who've made it through to, to this type of course yeah. tend to be the leaders, the captains. You've obviously yeah. got something about them. Yes. And we're just trying to help them on their way.
1: I must ask you, because um, I know this, yes, part of the manager's course, or was it the pro licence? One of them anyway. Roberto Martinez was one of your students.
0: Yes. Um, so I don't just, you know, obviously I got into it by doing these manager's courses, but since I do management content on that type of course, Course, I've got involved in doing other parts of the training that goes on around and about because obviously mm. there's not the only course out there the, the, the pro license itself that sat alongside it I was at one point um and, and still do working on the Welsh pro license yeah. and uh Roberto Martinez was the Swansea manager at the yes. time so he came along on that uh Tony Pulis and others uh, have been on that course. Yeah. So I have come across quite a lot of them through various courses over the years. And I
1: gather, uh, I read in fact, that uh, Roberto took the module in dealing with the media. Is that right?
0: That's on, it's covered on the pro license, and it's also pro. covered yeah. on the manager's course. We do more in that yeah. because it obviously is, you know, I remember one point, one point when Roy Keane was at Ipswich. And somebody made the comment that there were actually more cameras trained on Roy Keane, because I think at the time they were speculating that his job might be at risk. Mm. It wasn't going terribly well. There were more cameras focused on Roy Keane than there were on the match, on the game.
1: (laughs) And that's what it's become. It's almost become
0: part of the sport. Now, it might be great for people to be speculating and go, well, who should we have next? Almost sort of part of the excitement. Mm. It's not great if you're a manager. No. Because... And they don't tend to get a lot of sympathy. That's the other thing. Oh, no, well, I, I tend no, to take no. this line, people go, well, if you paid me that much, I wouldn't, yeah, you know.
1: That's the stock but actually, line, yes.
0: Particularly in League Two, League One, the wages aren't nearly as high as you would think. No. I mean, the average wage is something like 30 grand. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know there'll be people out there saying, well, I'd be quite happy with that. But you think about, the fact they go out with their families and get abused, the, the yeah. amount of pressure they're under for that, and so Indeed. on. And I often look yeah. at it and think, there is no way, you know, you could not pay me enough no. to do that job. No. <laughs> Um, no.
1: but I, I was just struck on how you found roberto in those days because he's come up to everton and he's uh, he's really um, he's really been an instant hit with the fans and he the was public he was a lovely media.
0: i mean I, I didn't know him well obviously no. but i did come across him on course just a lovely guy yes you no know, very friendly very positive uh, was already managing at quite a high level oh, but yes. i tell you what he was on the course at the same time as tony Pulis and i was really impressed with both of them that um, although they might have be been more experienced there were some people coming through who hadn't managed yet they had time for everybody they would sort of engage with everybody and that's what I found you know despite those initial things that people were saying about managers coming on courses or players coming on courses they're really keen to learn. And I've got nothing but good to say about how committed they've been, how enthusiastic they are, you know, and, and the bond that they form with each other. It is yeah. really like a band of
1: brothers. Yes, yeah. Well, it's fascinating stuff, Sue. Uh, I'm talking to Dr. Sue Bridgewater from the University of Liverpool. I'm John Keith. This is Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9. We'll be talking later to Sue about uh, the country's first qualification in the high risk occupation that is. Of course, football management. Don't go away. This is Strictly John Keith on City
0: Talk 105.9.
1: Hello, I'm John Keith, and welcome back to Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9. My studio guest, Dr Sue Bridgewater from the University of Liverpool, who's created the country's first qualification in football management. We were talking to Sue in the first segment of the show, talking about the various people who were, well, among her students. And um, I was just interested, Sue, in um, how managers of yesteryear, I think. I mean, my first managers I came into contact with as a journalist, Harry Katrick and Bill Shankly, um, I reckon, I would imagine, if you'd said to them, uh, you're going to go on a course to become a football manager, Um, their reaction would not have been very uh, nice. (laughs) I I would think it would be rather worse than not nice. Um, I just wondered, how did they become great managers? And it was trial and error. They didn't have any of this academia, did they?
0: Well, I think it's really interesting because... That's that's obviously the view that people have of it. Yes. Now I've been taken to task by the, the, the greatest and the best, you know, over the years because I've had, you know, um John Barnwell, who was the league manager's chief yeah. exec at the time, yes. who was a manager himself in the past, yes, indeed. um, saying to me, you know, I'd have been all over this type of course if it had existed when I was coming through. And that's really the response I've had. People like Alex Ferguson, who are on the management committee of the league managers, um, very positive as sent his younger players and and staff through the courses, Mike Phelan and people like that. And I don't I remember particularly being on a radio show and having Bobby Gould on the other end of the line. Yeah. And somebody made that point, which is not strictly true. That it was, um, I mean, yeah. it is the first course of its type. And uh, but there had been previous courses. I remember Sam Allardyce telling me that he did a course. Um, Somewhere up in Cheshire, a crew in College or something, oh. there was a predecessor of this course that was, you know, maybe not as much, but some of the management side. But, of course, they all did their coaching badges. And yeah. they used to go after Lillishall, and that's what they always say. Just because they didn't do a course of this type, but it didn't exist. No. So that doesn't mean they wouldn't have.
1: No, of course, no. You know, they're, no. they're
0: very competitive people, and no. they always wanted to be at the forefront. I think what you can say is that the nature of the role has changed, and the way that you get into it has changed. I, remember, I when, when we were first talking about the course, I remember interviewing Peter Reid saying, you know, it's it's great being an academic sometimes because I had two questions. One was, football managers, what do you do? Yeah. And the second was, if anybody had been, you know, offering a course to try and help you when you came into this, if you now know what you know about being a manager, yes. what would you put in the course? And sort of half expecting them to, all to say to me, university of life, you know. Yes, um, yes, Harry asked manager you can't teach it, and um they didn't say that at all. they were actually really positive and Fantastic. you know gave me enough for ten courses um it, all of these things I'd like to understand more about accounts and media training would be good, time management would be good, you know, some IT skills, I'd like some negotiation. Yes, like. yes, so, yes. But I think if you look at yeah, it... That, that is
1: the other difference too, of course, we're now in the technological age, Shankley and Catrick weren't, so that's... Yeah, so I mean, the, there are
0: things, obviously the nature of what would be in the courses would yeah, have changed. Yeah. But the other thing, I think that, came out talking to Peter Reid, who was fantastic, by the way, really positive about the idea, anything you could do to help younger managers. And that's the right. kind of response that I've had. Not that you can't do it, but, you know, God, look, at their yes. chances and you've really got to do all you yeah. can to try and help. Yeah. But he made the point that when he came through, obviously he started working with Howard Kendall and there was very much a, a line that, you know, you, your senior players, your captain or whoever, might actually almost be apprenticed to a master yeah. and learn their trade that way and and get time to learn what they were doing. Now, I don't know whether it's because um, maybe they're all more paranoid because the job's less secure, that they they see the, the younger candidates as a threat, but it's far less common now to have that Process of, of going through at the same club. It Funny enough, happens yeah. at Manchester United. Alex Ferguson did it. He was bringing through his senior yeah, players. You'd yeah. have skulls or whoever mm. going up through the ranks of coaching and, and, and you know yeah. going up the process. And it
1: happened for years at Liverpool as well. So it used yeah. to happen in lots yeah, of yeah, places. Yeah.
0: Now it's much less common. Mm. And what they tend to to do is, you know, no matter what level you've played at, you start. And you get your job and you might actually be managing in the lower leagues. Yeah. Course the other thing about that is you might not know anything about the players who play in the lower leagues. They might not be able to do the things that some of the people you're used to working with can do. Yes. Yeah. So it's a different challenge. Yeah. And so the nature of these courses really is you know, nobody can replace the experience. Nobody's ever saying that you can do that. There's a lot of evidence to say... Learning and getting experience and going through exactly as it would have been for Patrick Shankley and whoever is what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. But if they're not getting that chance, what can you do to help them to hit the ground running, to fast track it as it were? Yeah. The only other thing that any of us could come up with is if you try to give them some building blocks to sit alongside to maybe help them to shortcut a bit of that or to replace yeah. the fact they might not be getting that from a, a, mm. an older mentor
1: yes
0: um, we have put in place mentors so they might not be the manager at your club But the league managers now have, you know, a series of people they can go Mm. to and ask advice. And I
1: believe you've had chairman coming in to talk to the students. Yes. I mean, obviously, you've got to
0: understand the the different perspectives. Um, Referees as well. You know, it's all about them understanding the world that they're going to exist in as a manager and understanding how that's different to being Mm. a player. Because one of the things you quite often get is players, senior players saying, I've been a great player. Yes. Therefore, I'll be able to do this as a and manager. It's Underestimating follow, oh, no. the, you know, the the challenge of it. You're yeah. trying to get the best out of a team yeah. of individuals as a manager. You're trying to get the best out of yourself yes. as a player and, yes. and rely on your own abilities. Yes, how many
1: great players, sadly, have failed in management?
0: Yeah. And, and so actually, many. I did some research on that a while did back. Mm. and. um it just shows that there isn't a relationship between the two. It's not that the you know people keep going on about Sven or Arsene Wenger; they weren't mm. great players, they, they've mm. done well as managers. Uh, it's not that you of Mourinho even you oh, know well, are right. Um, yes, yeah, it's not that you have to not have been a great player to be a good manager, or that if you're a great player you can't be a good manager. It just the two aren't; they're completely the, different. Yes, they're not related. No. You might be more likely, by the way, to get a job at the top level if you've played at the higher level. You're more likely to get the chance.
1: Right, but. Then it's up to you. And yes. Sometimes and then I
0: remember work. Paul Ince saying that, you know, we went to Macclesfield and he said that that lasted about six weeks. The players might have been quite impressed for a few weeks at the beginning. Yeah. And then after that, it's about how well you're doing. Yes, that job. exactly,
1: exactly. You said to me off the air, Sue, um, to save me asking the cliched question, um, that there was, you felt, a slight advantage in being a woman. Now, yes. have I put words in your mouth there?
0: No, you haven't no. really. I mean, it, obviously to me, it, it just wasn't ever relevant. It wasn't an issue. No. And I'm quite I'm surprised sometimes. I, I talk to, you know, women in football and, and, and various other people or groups, and yeah. they almost want to say to me, you know, have you found it difficult being a woman working with football managers? And I have to say absolute hand on heart. No, yeah. not at all. They've been fantastic. It makes no difference at all. Except I sometimes think it's a bit of an advantage uh, because there is in football quite a bit of, um, are you a football person? If you come in, it's like, you know, um, mm. did you play? What level did you play? And the sort of, that's, that's their way of judging yes. people. It's like now a Freemasonry. I almost. come from a completely different world. Yes. But I think in some ways, and obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not, I, I know women who work in football who are footballers, who've played women's football and have played at a high level. So I'm not saying that you can't be. As it happens, my background is not on the pitch at no, all. no. And I tend just to make a joke about it and say, "Oh, can you play wearing heels?" You know, kind of. Um, <laughs> but it's actually been quite a plus that sometimes I can ask the naive question that you might not dare to ask. Like I can go into a manager and say, "Okay, tell me what you do. Yeah. Tell me what your challenges are. Tell you what, what somebody who's outside of your field but wants to understand it. You know, what can we do to help?" Yeah. Um, and I've actually found that quite plus. Plus, it is quite a competitive world, and I think it probably is easier. Somebody yeah. once charmingly put it: "It's easier for me to nag them about doing assignments without being perceived." As <laughs> well, a I'm effect. sure.
1: I, I, I'm sure they're that right might be it. very
0: stereotypical, but I think it no. probably there's an element of truth. Right. In
1: it. Well, that is, that's interesting. And um, we, as you've said, managers are usually very busy. Time is the enemy. Are they? Um, are they good at coming on time to their set lectures or whatever Absolutely. You, modules yes. or whatever? Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: And and. I think what's really interesting about it is I've, I've had a few of them because they, they build a really strong bond with each other. So you get a group of people. They start off with a residential block. I'm always amazed how little they know each other. They might have played against each other, but quite often you get people and you go, do you not know each other? Do you have, have paths not crossed? Yeah, yeah. That they don't actually know each other. So they no. get to know each other over a period of time. Now, obviously, then they go through a season in which people might get fired, people have mm. results that go well. Every day that they meet up, if it's a one-day they come in, you have to start off by, oh, it just went, went well for you last night. Oh, I never thought that was a penalty. Um, <laughs> kind of stuff. But by the end, they've built this real yeah. bond with each yeah. other. Yeah. Shared a lot, a lot of things. You know, obviously, because it's competitive, they might never have shared with each other. And I think it really is, you know, interesting the other side of what comes out of it for them. When you then have those one days, which tend to be Wednesdays during the season, I had a manager who was in a real difficult situation. The finance of his club weren't great. People were speculating about his job and so on. But every time we had a day, he was there. He was the first one there. And he said to me, you know what? He said, this is an absolute godsend because I can come and share with people who do understand what it's like my fellow managers and whatever else. He said, I feel really good. Like I can't take a day off. Like I can't stop working on it for a minute. Like I need to, you know, if there's one thing I could do to give me the extra inch and so on. He said, but I feel legitimately that I can actually come on this day because it's my learning and so on. Yeah. He said, so you've no idea how much we want to come oh, right. yeah. and do those days because it is a way of yeah. us just standing back for a little bit, maybe getting a bit of perspective on it, maybe yes. just thinking something different that might exactly, yes. give you the answer to something. Because it can things.
1: be a suffocating existence, football, can't it? it, it it's, I
0: always think it's very lonely, and I know yes, that might sound yes. A stupid. No, yes, yes, I think you're you know. For right, yeah. any leader, for
1: mm, mm.
0: any leader, that that they are under a lot of pressure, which they can't always share with people. You imagine mm. being a football manager. I think of it. Mm. If you're a football manager, if mm. it wasn't going well, who do you share that with? Maybe your family, yeah. who may or may not know anything about football, and that might be great that you've got somebody who is completely there yes. for you who doesn't know about football, but. If you want to have a sort of football-related conversation and bounce some ideas, but it may not be that you can go and bounce them off your chairman, owner, whatever, because that might be seen as a sign of weakness.
1: Oh, indeed, yes.
0: So I do quite often find that they'll ring me up, talk about an assignment or whatever else, or even people who were on the course 10 years ago will ring me up to talk about, you know, did you have my CV? I've just been fired. Or... um, to say, you know, this is happening and that's happening. I wondered if you still had. Could you put me in touch with a finance guy? Can we do? And you find that what they're actually doing sometimes is just try. You know, I, I say sometimes. Oh, you, I was interested that you rang me, and they go, Well, I knew you'd be honest. Yeah. Um, I knew you'd answer. <laughs> uh, I knew you'd tell me straight. You know, if I need there was something I needed to know yeah. that I wasn't doing well or was sounding a bit defensive or you know making excuses. So I think it's just about them having, as all of us would, an outlet and somebody who they could talk to who might just be able to point them in the direction of something or start them thinking or, or just be a sounding board.
1: Well, I was going to say you're obviously more than more than um, a university uh, lecturer or academic because if they can come to you with their troubles, you're almost like a a mother confessor or or counsellor. Is probably a better way of saying it. I remember sitting in the room room, because
0: the word mentor and coach, not coach football coach, but executive coach, Mm. like no, the best chief execs have life coaches coaches who work with business coaches. Yeah, Yeah, who work alongside, who might advise and who might play that role. Obviously. A lot of football managers haven't historically had that. But it is coming to that point where... And I sat in a room full of older, more experienced football managers talking about mentoring. And they see mentor as in, you know, I was a manager and I might... And that's absolutely true. But then sometimes it might be that it's a lawyer that they need to talk about some particular issue. And sometimes it might be somebody who's worked on the commercial side of football who's been a chief exec. Mm. Sometimes it's people like me who are you know, who understand the the world that they work in, mm. but aren't as close, you know, can stand yeah. back from that club. and go, Slightly you know aloof
1: what? from it, yes. Yeah.
0: I mean, yes. you know, I find myself sometimes saying to people, you know what, actually, if you look at the finances, you overachieved to be in that league. And yeah, you may be sort of in the bottom part of it, but you've got to put it in context and think you're actually doing quite well to be there. Now, what can you do to, you know, don't beat yourself up about that. What can we do to actually yeah. get you... On a run of results, maybe overachieve, you know, and and get that yeah. bit further. Yeah. Sometimes you can't; they've just reached the limits of where they can get to, and yeah. they have to be able to sort of come to terms with that.
1: Yeah, and when they when they finally finish, the uh, their um, qualification is. Correct me if I'm wrong. Certificate in Applied Management. It was that uh, ah. Which
0: we, when we relaunch, which will be June this year, out yeah. of Liverpool, uh, it's going to be a diploma.
1: Oh. Sounds so creative. we've
0: taken out, well, well, see, there's actually more academic credit. These are the technicalities of these these things with qualifications. We've actually taken the opportunity because there were some other things that the LMO, the league managers, wanted to have in the qualification. See, right. So while we're relaunching anyhow, we've taken the chance to, you know, add some more levels to yes. it, as it were, and and give them... Because the one thing you'd be amazed, but that I've got people coming back to me saying... I did the course, can I do it all over again? Honestly. Because I'm now in a different job. You know, sometimes Mm, they weren't managing at the time. Sometimes they've gone on into a development role or a scouting or something.
1: Maybe their concentration levels are different then. So, you know, 10 years is a
0: long time for some of these guys. They've moved on. And uh, the other thing is that they come back and say, what else can I do? You know, you've started me now and I'm not now scared of doing qualifications and so on. And I do see how it could help me. What else can I do? So we want to give them somewhere else to go with this. Hence Superb. the diploma.
1: Superb. I'm talking to Dr. Sue Bridgewater from the University of Liverpool, who's created and uh, is launching in Liverpool this summer the um, the country's first diploma in applied football management. We'll be talking more to Sue after this break. Don't go away.
0: This is strictly John Key. City Talk
1: 105.9 Hello I'm John Keith and welcome back to Strictly John Keith on City Talk 105.9 where my studio guest is Dr Sue Bridgewater from the University of Liverpool soon to launch at that university the country's first qualification in the high risk occupation of football management. It's going to be called the Diploma in Applied Football Management. Sue, we've talked about quite a few Issues and factors in the um, in the management um, course that you're running and you devised. Um... We have recently seen uh, some quite angry incidents on touchlines involving managers and, in fact, coaches in recent seasons. Um, I suppose the classic example, if that's the word, was Alan Pardew at Newcastle headbutting an an opposition player. We've also seen people like Tim Sherwood hurling the ball at an Arsenal player. There's a lot of anger going on there. Do you address this in this course at all?
0: I mean, there is... It's obviously very. Or is pressur- it addressable? Well, yeah. it's a very pressurized yeah. profession, so we've yeah. we've known that. I mean, from from when we started designing the course, um, it's obvious that they are under a lot of scrutiny. Um, the, actually there's been researched by the league managers into the technical areas themselves because that's another issue about whether they're designed right whether they should be further really? apart whether that actually exacerbates it in some way the poor fourth official is always getting it in the neck just because he happens to be standing next to the managers yes, but whether yes. it also, ah. the design of some grounds whether they are, you know, they could be oh. set up differently but quite apart from that the fact that it is a pressurised uh, profession and, and getting more so The more that they are being watched by cameras and so on, the more that rides on a particular result and so on. So uh, we have always had uh, at least a day or part of the course, which is about stress management. And that takes a number of different forms. I mean, obviously, it's partly about recognising the signs of stress in yourself. And Mm. knowing what to do with it we're now in the new course are also going to have the physical side of it because i don't know a few years back there was a documentary with sam allardyce and dave bassett where they had them wired up to heart monitors
1: that's right i remember and they
0: looked at the pressures what they're doing to themselves because you see that that point where they're looking very agitated what it's actually doing to their bodies you know there's a number of them who've had heart problems gerard hulier obviously is a well-known case around here but um so that there's there's a lot of you know helping them physically and um, psychologically to deal with the pressures that they're under so resilience is a big part of the new course yeah. that we're doing and both do you physical have psychologists and psychological into yes yes, yes. yes. So obviously i don't I, you know i do bits of the course yes. in my no, no, area no, but that, we just yeah. build together a team of the mm. the best and the most qualified people to help mm. and advise yeah. and uh, to work with them on how you know stress management techniques but how can you handle those types of situations. And I was interested to see um, in the media, Alan Pardew talking about whether he needed a life coach. I saw that, yeah. And, you know, and, and like I say, that's a coach, somebody who he can talk to and advise and so on. So I think he's acknowledging that that, yeah. that wasn't great. Mm. But I can, you know, I have some sympathy and empathy with the fact that they get themselves into situations where there's no, out. they've got a massive amount of adrenaline. And mm. as somebody once put mm. it to me, that when they were players for the big match, You'd go and you'd play a physical game, which yes. is obviously how our bodies are designed. There's a release you know? for it. Yeah. Whereas when you're a manager, mm. you, it's bottled you, up. It's isn't bottled it? up inside yeah. of you, yeah. and sometimes I think what you're seeing is this finding an outlet. You know, not the best outlet, and nobody can condone yeah. it. But you can almost understand how they get to that situation, and it's something they've got to find ways of managing. Yeah,
1: of course, it's not all that long ago when managers didn't actually sit on the touchline; they were up in the stand. They were in their suits watching from the stand and it was the coaches and the physio were down below in the dugout. I wonder whether we'll ever get back to that. I mean, if these things keep happening, if the... I mean, they really are... There's two highly stressed guys uh, there prancing about trying to kick every ball, but mentally, obviously, draining themselves of goodness knows what. And I suppose the more the the prizes and the pressures increase... Uh, w- you know, will there be more of this sort of um, gladiatorial uh, incidence between the, the rival managers or even managers and uh, opposition players, do you think?
0: It's interesting that... Even when I started working and, and, and researching that course, you had Sam Allardyce, who was at Bolton at the time. Now, he deliberately sat in the stands.
1: Ah, well, there you are. And
0: yeah. he, certainly in the first half, at the beginning of the mm. match, and yes. he was on, if you don't if you remember, he used to have a phone connection yes, down the bench right. and yeah. be talking.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and I know Peter Reed, I know some of the others at that point were doing that. And if you ask them why, they'd say, well, I get a different view of it. I can see big picture more when I'm raised up looking at, Know how it's working against how we're set out against the opponent and so on than i do when i'm down on the touch of course i used to look and say how well it was going as how long it takes to rush down the steps into the technical area Um, or it's obviously not going so well he's down there already barking out instructions but there are still you know quite a few people who might start off that way yeah and um it's it's a choice that you can make so it's not Every manager who is in the technical area, there are still some where the coach will be the person who does that. And it may be that, you know, some of them revert to that. It may be that if you've been sent to the stands, you have to revert to that. But I know somebody where that happened. He was actually sent off for something that happened in a match. I won't tell you who it was, but it does happen sometimes. And he said, you know what, I'd never actually sat up there but I realise that it can ah, have benefits. Well, I, well, and I might to, do that in, in future matches, yes. at least for part of it at the beginning.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just changing the subject slightly, you told me off the air uh, before we came on, um, one of your students was Dave Watson, formerly of Everton. Yes, on the very
0: first ever course that we had. And yeah. he was, in fact, the Tranmere manager yeah. when he came on the Great course. Great captain
1: of Everton, of course, Fantastic. And, yeah. and, and,
0: and, you know, very good on the course, but a lovely, lovely guy as well. Yeah because um, one of the things that happens if you, if you run courses for football managers um, is that they sometimes get sacked during the course. They keep telling me it's my fault. <laughs> I, came on your, I was absolutely <laughs> fine. I came on your course. I got fired. Um, so it's become a sort of standard joke between yeah. us that this happens. Right. But the first course we ever ran, unfortunately, it was Dave was the person who got sacked. And this was at I, Warwick. I was at Warwick at the time. Yeah. We were running our first ever football manager's course. I think we got to August. Nice. And I think he might even have got sacked in the first game, of the se- or very yes. early in the yeah, season, based might. on something mm. that had happened in a pre-season game, mm. which seems absolutely ludicrous. And um, I that was the first time I'd come across this phenomenon that it was going to happen.
1: Yeah. must be very worrying for you at the And time. you think, how
0: am I going to, mm. you know, what should I do or say? And, mm. and, and, but Dave was absolutely fantastic about it because we were due to have that stress management day. Right. And sometimes when somebody's just been sacked, you sort of, I now know, and I, I now have a set of what I do. I tend to text them first right? because not everybody would want to talk and they need some time to come to terms with it and so on. But I remember saying to Dave, you know, will we be seeing you on Wednesday? And, of course, who was there, first of all, is Dave. And um, and he was just brilliant about it. He just said, um, you know, sorry to hear this and everything. And he said, well, stress management, I thought I could be the case study. <laughs> you know, for the day, um, and just got on with doing what he's. Of course, he's now working in youth. He's worked at, at Wigan. Is yeah. is now over in Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, so it's just part and parcel of the game. But it. it he said it, something
1: about his garage, didn't he? So.
0: I, well, obviously they have periods of time when they're they're not working. Yeah. And I, you know, how's it going? How are you getting on? And he used to come in and say, tidiest garage in the northwest," you know. Um, but it's it. Yeah. it, it
1: it's quite self-deprecating, isn't oh, he? He's fantastic. But there <clears throat> yeah. was
0: a, a serious side to it, which is, I think when you look from outside, and sometimes fans can always be pleased when a manager goes, you know, because it hasn't been going well, and they'll be like, we've got rid of mm. him. But I see it very much as, as the human side of it, because obviously, you know, if anybody knows who's ever been sacked or, or had difficult times in, in their work, it's not easy, it's not just, in some cases they might get a payoff, in some cases they don't because the club's in a financial mess and they never get paid. No. Some of them might be able to not work for a period of time, some of them can't. But it's it's the other side of it that, you know, they're very competitive people, it's your ego, it's how you feel amongst your peers. It's, and I remember Joe Royal saying to me, funnily enough, he was a mentor on the course oh, when we yes. first ran it.
1: No finer man than Joe.
0: Fantastic. And he'd yeah. gone, um, he took the Ipswich job. I'm glad, Joe, you were mentoring and you know, um, I thought you'd step back from management. And he said, No, I couldn't, I, I couldn't stop on that note. Was it Oldham he'd been at before that? Yeah, he'd so been somewhere. Yeah, oh,
1: he'd managed to hold him for a long time. And ended up yeah. being mm.
0: fired from it. And yes. he said, I just didn't want to end my career on that note. And I then wanted Everton to go after Oldham. Yeah. So he, he wanted to go somewhere. And then this is how he put it to me work there for a period of years and then decide in his own time. When he was going to, I like think Alex Ferguson decided in his own time. Of course, not many managers ever get that luxury. No,
1: no, exactly. No, they don't. No, they don't. Um Now, you mentioned earlier about, um you know, that uh, you, you you this course comprises well, well virtually everything but coaching. I think, doesn't it? It covers yeah, it's finance, the off the pitch side. Off the pitch, yeah. And there's a nice quote from you, um, well there's a nice quote from Malky Mackay who uh, controversially of course sacked as Cardiff City boss earlier this season. He said about your course, it's basically everything you need to know about football management except for coaching. And there's a quote from you in which... um, you said there's no magic formula for football managers. It's not about creating a designer manager. That's impossible. But what it is about is providing what I would call a toolkit for managers. So, basically, that's that's your aim to give them the best possible advantage if they ever become or yes. want to become better managers. Of
0: course, Malky wasn't a manager when he came no. on the course. Uh, it was before he got the Watford job. Yeah. Um, but when you, you, you're working with a, a complete range of different characters, from introverts to extroverts, to the mm. most organised man in the world, yeah. who I think is Alan Irvine, through to... Um, is he really? Yes. Oh, he's incredible. Yeah, a nice guy but, too. But um, you'll get a whole range of different characters. And so I think what I meant by that is you can't actually, you know, it's not like you're going to teach them. They're all going to come out the other end as clones of each other. No. But you are got to set, get a set of people. They all have maybe different development needs or different strengths and weaknesses, and they might be complemented even sometimes by working by different types of characters. Yes. And so what we I saw it as was was trying to give them tools and techniques that they could pick up, and they quite often would come out at the end, one person will say, you know, that finance is the best thing I've ever done. It was absolutely fantastic. And somebody else will say... Public speaking helped me a massive amount, or media training. So they they come out with differently because yes. they, they come in differently. They come out differently. Of course, yes. For that reason, it's yeah. not about designer managers. It's helping them to be the best manager Indeed. that they can be.
1: Fantastic. Well, if we can just break off to let people know on Friday, April the 25th, I'll be at New Brighton Floral Pavilion with two of the greatest ever to wear Goodison's Royal Blue, Kevin Ratcliffe and Neville Southall. They'll be joining me on stage for an audience with Everton legends. It's going to be a night of great stories and strong opinions, and the two Goodison greats will also take questions from the audience so make sure you're there. Tickets are £12, available in person from the Floral Pavilion box office or by calling 0151 treble six double zero double zero, or online at www.floralpavilion.com. Now, Dr Sue Bridgewater, as well as... Uh, Creating and uh, running this fantastic course in football management. Uh, you're also a fan yourself because you're a Sunderland fan.
0: I am. Native,
1: uh, your native town. Is it a city? Native city. city. Native yeah. city of Sunderland. And they happen to be playing Liverpool on Wednesday. If you're listening to this show uh, on Saturday or Sunday, it's next Wednesday. And if you're listening to it Tuesday, it's tomorrow night. But this is a big game for both clubs. I mean, Sunderland, you must be a little worried.
0: Oh, we've been a little worried for, for all of the season, actually. Yes, indeed, yeah. By, by our standards at the moment, the way this season's been going, this is actually rather less worried than we've been, although it's it's so tight there. I know. You know, I think I'd almost got, um, awful as it sounds, I'd, I'd, I'd got it in my head that we probably were going down. And there was a Sunderland fanzine that used to be called um, "It's the Hope that Hurts," you know. it? Um, so, <laughs> <So laughs> and that sums up being a Sunderland <laughs> fan, you know, yes. when you allow yeah. yourself to think, "Hey, we might get out of this." Yeah. And then we had a, you know, a little run that that was looking a bit better, but you look at some of the matches yeah. we've got left; it's it's going to be very tight. But it is, you know, being a Sunderland fan, I I, I once said to somebody, "You're very lucky if," the, and and I have Liverpool fans, Everton fans, Manchester City fans, Manchester United fans saying to me you know, this season's not going terribly well or or it is going well at various points of time. And I say, you're very lucky if the team that you support is actually a team who tends to do well, well mm. and I'm not suggesting that you know there's anything other in, in why you come to sport you come to sport the same way as I do because it's it's your team it's your local yes, team and you your, go, your you father remember, your parents and you so remember
1: so. Bob Stokoe Sunderland the oh, yeah, 1973 absolutely. FA Cup and all that
0: and all I this. look well, we've had our little Wembley, Wembley trip unfortunately didn't go the way which no. you, but, yeah, that well, first half was good yes,
1: they, yes indeed we, we
0: live, but there yeah. was a whole team of Bob Stokoe there were 20 odd of them running around town with their trilbies on and then and yeah. you know yeah. so we don't get there often and we have to enjoy it it was a shame that it didn't work out a, a different result, but um, that's not what it's about, is it? Really, it's it's right. well, it is what it's about. We all want to win things, uh, but that's not why you support. But it's teams. being
1: part of it, isn't it? Really, yeah. And you part can't, can't change the crazy your madness that it and, is. And you know,
0: funny enough, that's how I got into doing research because the bit before we got awarded the course yeah. was my doing research in football, uh-huh. which was about if you bought a car and it didn't work, you know, you'd go and buy a different type of car next time, but you don't switch your football team.
1: No, even if they're doing badly Yeah. Exactly. Well, and nor should we either, Sue. Dr Sue Bridgewater, thank you very much for being my guest and I hope everything goes well with your launch at Liverpool University, or the University of Liverpool, I should say, to give it its proper title. Uh, So from Sue and myself, John Keith, from this edition of Strictly John Keith, goodbye. Strictly John Keith,
0: City Talk 105.9.